0: You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. everybody. And welcome to the Paranormal Portal podcast. I'm your host, Brent Thomas. Thank you all for being here and thank you all for the amazing support and uh, wonderful uh, spreading of the word that you all have been doing. We've been doing fantastic. The podcast is doing amazing and I have all of you to thank for that. So uh, if you have a story of your very own that you'd love to share on the show and be our guest, uh, please email me at paranormalportalradio at gmail.com. Love to hear from you and love to get you on the show to share your experiences as well. We got a great show lined up for you guys today. I got a guest uh, waiting in the wings and we're joined today by Lewis from California who has A whole bucket full of paranormal to share with you, and this is going to be an incredible journey, so how about we get to it?
1: Welcome to the show, Lewis. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Brent. Oh, I'm absolutely
0: stoked that you're here, and thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to, to share all this with us. Um, you've had uh, an amazing amount of things going on.
1: Yeah. Uh, as far back as my memory uh, can recall, uh, <laughs> it's been going on. Um, <laughs> I've got ghosts, poltergeists, UFO sightings, shadow people. You name it, I've seen it. Except for Bigfoot, like I told you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure it's just a matter of time before one of them shows up for you, too. Well, <laughs>
1: you know what's funny is uh, the reason I said that is because um, I uh, my son, he's at the age where I'm going to start taking him hiking. And I was watching some hiking videos and, and you know, through a, a hiking rabbit hole on YouTube, I ran across uh, David Poliades. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, that took me to the Sasquatch Chronicles mm-hmm. and, and, that they shouted out your show and that's how I came across you. Um, and then I was talking to my cousin about Dave Poliades and Sasquatch and he's, uh, he's into forestry stuff up in Washington and he wants me to go out there and he assures me that, uh, he can take me somewhere where if we don't see them, he guarantees we'll hear them.
0: Oh, wow. What an yeah, epic so possibility. I'm pretty,
1: pretty excited about that. We're going to be doing that in August.
0: Oh, fantastic. You'll have to let us know how that goes because yeah, that absolutely. would be brilliant. And, uh, I mean, what, what, what a better situation than to have, uh, you know, someone like that to guide you. That's pretty brilliant.
1: Yeah, it was, it was pretty great. I actually, my question to him, because I hadn't talked to him in a while, was, um, what's going on with all these missing people? And he sends me back a message that says, you have no idea. Oh wow. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, just wrap your head around that when you have no idea. This is a guy who spends his his whole life is is in the woods, you know, he's part of search and rescues, all that kinds of stuff. And that was his response. You have no idea. That's amazing.
0: I'd love to I'd love to just to to hear what he's got to say, but at the same time there's a comfort in not knowing too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <So. laughs> there's definitely comfort in uh staying ignorant to some of the things that um you know are happening yeah uh because once you kind of you kind of discover I, I don't think you under ever understand but once you kind of discover origins of some of the things that some of the things that i've seen some of the things i felt um it just pulls up so many more questions and mm-hmm. and sometimes it's full of anxiety <laughs> um you know, yep. and you, some, you know, you don't sleep at s- sometimes just cause you're, you're scared that they're going to come back, you know? Right. And, so, and you can't unhear it once you know it, you can't unhear or unsee it. And, and, and when you hear it, like when it's happening, you know that what you're experiencing is real. But when you get a, uh, I, I guess like a description, mm-hmm. uh, with a name behind it, like say shadow people or poltergeist activity, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know that it's real. You know that you heard the truth and that that's what you experienced. And uh, <laughs> that's kind of the scary part because now, now you know it's been confirmed and it confirms that your experience of having gone through it and there's no way to just kind of say ah it's just my imagination <laughs> yeah exactly no you're absolutely, work that absolutely
0: you're absolutely right and uh, i think i think we're really swimming in a world of this stuff we just have been tuned out of it for so long with our modern civilization and our lives and such but once it appears there's no going backwards you know it just seems to open like as you've said the rabbit hole just opens and suddenly you're you're neck deep in it
1: yeah man people did they they you know they they confuse all our modern technology for you know as just technology. But if you ha- if we were having this conversation a hundred years ago, this would be magic, literal magic. We're talking uh, into a, a computer, into a little box that <laughs> travels airwaves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is this is magic. Yeah, and and people like they just, they don't understand that concept of just because we have scientific terms for these things Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that, you know, they weren't the same things or, I don't know, you understand, you kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I think I understand exactly what you're saying. And, uh,
0: you know, we're, we're only going to learn more and more as time goes on, I think, at least to a degree. But I think there's some things also that we're just not going to be, uh, able to figure out in our, in our physical world, but. Uh, it's because I think this stuff bridges uh, a whole lot of different things that we just haven't even come to terms with. That is that is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so tell, tell us, uh, Lewis, where did this all start for you? How did this journey begin?
1: Um, you know, it, as early as I can remember, there's always been uh, weird things happening in the house, um, listening to my aunts and uncles, my parents uh, talk about experiences that they had um, kind of like campfire stories, but they were all told from a first person standpoint from my aunts and uncles and my, my parents mm-hmm. And I the first and I was trying to remember this over the last couple of days since we've been emailing what the first thing I remember is um, when I was a kid I used to I was probably like, four, five, maybe. Um, I was terrified to sleep in my room and I don't know why. Um, but I remember sleeping on my parents' floor in their room and I would go to bed before everybody else. And one night I looked up and there was a window on the other side of their bed and there was an eyeball in the window. (laughs) I could see an eyeball staring at me. Oh no. And we, had, we lived on a pretty decent-sized property out in uh, Little Rock, uh, California. It's out by Palmdale, um, just uh, north of, uh, of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember going to the window that first time and looking out. And by the time I got into the window, there was no eyeball there. And, uh, and there was nothing outside. Wow. and i can remember that going on countless nights it, it never did anything to me never made any noise um sometimes it was there sometimes it wasn't um but it just stared at me and uh that's probably the earliest <laughs> memory i have of something weird happening that is really yeah.
0: intense especially being a child and dealing with that that's that's incredible
1: and my my like i i don't know if i told my mom and dad about that but you know, I would tell my mom and dad about things that happened, and they would just kind of say, yeah, things like that happen.
0: <laughs> well, that's cool that they didn't dismiss it. I mean, they didn't go, oh, no, it's just your imagination. Oh, no, it was just a dream. At least they were, uh, you know, acknowledging that. I think that that's powerful.
1: It It, it is because uh, it did give me, you know, it gave me an outlet to, to talk about it so mm-hmm. that it wasn't so um, – so it didn't cause so much fear, even though later on in my life this this stuff did cause a lot of fear uh caused a lot of uh really negative consequences, and um kind of just getting out the other side of some of those consequences in the last few years so uh oh wow, it does get a little intense. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, it really does. So you had that experience. That's the the first one you remember. Was your childhood filled with this kind of stuff, or is it just things that happened here or there? Or how I mean, was your home haunted?
1: Oh, for sure. The house was haunted. I remember um, a story uh, about my brother and uh, same house. He's older. He's about 10 years older than me, so he would have been about 14 at this time, 15 maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, he said he was in his bedroom, and he heard somebody outside his window uh, saying, calling a name, calling Rose. Rose. Come here, Rose. Uh, Rose is my my grandmother's name. And he uh, he got up, checked it out. was nothing going on. So he decided, he, I guess he couldn't go back to sleep. So he went into the living room to watch the Arsenio Hall show. That shows <laughs> you some age on him. <laughs> and uh, I guess he fell asleep and... Uh, he, he woke up apparently and uh, he saw a lady standing over him saying, Rose, Rose, help me, Rose, or come here, Rose, or so, something to that effect. And uh, and he, I guess, was in disbelief that it was happening. And then whatever this woman was actually put her hands out to go after him and he started screaming, and my parents ran out and uh, And that's pretty much the end of it. But like, that's a well-known story in my family. Like that that happened. Was your grandmother Uh, alive at this time or was she already? My grandmother was. Okay. Uh, but my brother says he thinks it was his, his great, our great grandmother. Oh, wow. Had been dead for a little while at that time. I'm not sure exactly when she, she passed, but, uh, he thinks he said he thinks it was her. Um, I don't know about that. I'm I'm of the uh, belief that our our dead relatives don't come back and haunt oh, yeah? us. Okay, I'm of the belief that uh, other other spirits um, know that we're going through a vulnerable time when someone passes, and they take advantage of that, and they come after us, and mm-hmm. and they use that as a way to uh, latch onto us, or or just to be recognized. Sometimes I think they just want to be recognized.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, and, and that's very profound. I I, I agree with you. Um, I at least hope our relatives don't <laughs> don't haunt us. <laughs> but I, I think that you're right. I think spirits do mimic just because it's a quick way to get past our defenses.
1: Yeah, you know, and we have uh, we have so much energy coming out of us with our all the emotion that we're going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know it's it's an easy it's an easy portal to get through. I think. Yep. I would agree with that
0: completely. I think you're, you're right on the money on there.
1: So that was that house. I mean, that house was always just full of weird things happening. Um, sounds, footsteps, stuff like that. Uh, I was really young there. Uh, so I don't remember a whole lot else from that place. Just, just really that eyeball and few stories like my brothers. Mm -hmm. Um, But then we ended up moving uh, to central California, and uh, we lived in a few places before we finally got to this house that was like – this was like the real beginning of things happening to me in such close succession. Mm -hmm. Uh, We moved into this house. It was a cool little house. Uh, It was like three bedrooms, one bath big kitchen, big living room, uh, had a nice size dining room. And, um, my, the way the rooms were set up were walking out of the kitchen. There was a hallway towards the back of the house and there was two rooms at the end of the hallway. One tiny small room for a kid, you know, my age, I was probably about eight or nine. Mm -hmm. Uh, my parents' room was, um, on the right of my room and then my sister's room was to the left of my room and um, it, it could be summertime it could be 102 degrees outside the house is sweltering in my tiny little room it was always cold you went <laughs> into that room and you, you put a jacket on it was always cold Wow. and then my mom's room my sister's room right next door both the same temperature as the house But that room was cold and we all knew that there was something wrong with that room it just always had a dark energy to it um and the house had so much so much going on in it it was multiple spirits it was you know i think like they call them residual Mm -hmm. hauntings sure um i i would wake up for school every morning i was in about third grade at this time and my mom would be off to work and my dad actually His business was down here in L.A., so he was down here most of the time. My sister would already be at school. My brother had moved out. Um, He ended up moving in across the street from us later on, and they had some weird stuff go on there, too. But I would wake up every morning, and I was by myself, and um, what woke me up every morning was the sound of every dish and pot and pan in the kitchen coming out of the cupboards and slamming on the floor. Every single morning, I go out there, and there's nothing. Wow. Wow. it, that that went on – that particular phenomenon went on the entire time we lived there, which was probably about four years. Uh, there was the previous owner of the house. His name was Mr. Maselli, and uh, apparently he loved cigars. And all hours of the day, night – it could be three in the morning, and you'd walk into the kitchen or the living room um, – I used to stay up all night watching like zombie movies and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd be out in the living room and you could smell cigar smoke. Like I smoke cigars now. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when someone's smoking a cigar, it fills up the room. And that's what it felt like. That's what it smelled like. Like someone was sitting right next to you smoking a big fat cigar. Wow. Um, and then the way the living room was is our sofa was facing would have been self and to the left was the dining room. And then there was a bar that separated the kitchen from the dining room. And, um, uh, everybody in my family, not just my mom, my dad, my sister, but anybody in my family who came over at some point would look over into the kitchen. Um, and they would see the figure of a man leaning against the bar, looking into the living room. <laughs> wow. We were 100% sure that's Mr. Maselli. He uh, he, or that spirit, whatever it was, was really the only spirit or thing that was going on in that house that didn't scare us. Oh, cool. It, it was kind of the barrier between us and what was, um, I, for lack of a better term, evil in that house. Oh, okay. Um, I remember one time we were dead asleep. I was in my room. My mom was in her room. My sister starts screaming in the middle of the night and we run into her room and she's, uh, screaming that there was something sitting on top of her and it wasn't letting her breathe. And I'm not sure if she was experiencing sleep paralysis or, or if she was awake, but she was certain something was there. Um, Later on, she moved out. She you know, graduated high school. She moved to the East Coast. And I ended up taking her room because it was so much bigger. Um, I think the night I took her room was the only night that I slept in that room. I slept in the living room pretty much every night because that room, you just, you just didn't want to go to sleep in it. Nothing happened to me in that room, but you did not want to go to sleep in that room. You could just feel it. It was watching you. Uh, whatever it was it was just watching you that's intense
0: okay everybody i think it's time we got to take a break so don't go away and we'll be right back with more of the paranormal portal podcast in just a couple minutes Hey guys, Brent Thomas here the Paranormal Portal Podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash paranormal dash portal. And you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in
1: we lived in that house for a while and then we ended up moving to um another place in a town like one town over and um uh, you know for a long time nothing happened nothing really weird oh that's not true <laughs> that's <laughs> when this happened okay right when we moved to this other house we came back down to palmdale because my brother had gotten married had a kid he moved down to palmdale um he got a good job and and housing was um was you know uh less expensive than where we were and he was able to you know set up something to really take care of his family mm-hmm. and uh probably one of the the best fathers I've ever met in my life. Definitely my role model. Mm. Um, so we, me and my mom came down to visit him and, and my niece and my nephew and my sister-in-law and, uh, my aunt was with us and we were driving back home and we were on the 14 freeway, um, right there. in like, it's called Santa Clarita Canyon country area. Okay. It's in between LA and, and Palmdale. And, um, we're driving and we're just talking, and I don't know who noticed it first, but somebody said, "What's that?" And we all looked up, and there was this ball of fire. It wasn't like a, it wasn't lights, it wasn't, um, it wasn't a plane. It was a ball of fire, and it was moving in all these crazy ways. It would go up, it would go down, it go left, it go right. It's been in circles. Um, and it was we all saw it my mom pulled off the freeway so we could watch it some more and as we're pulling off the freeway it's making all these erratic movements and then it just like like it exploded and then you could see it just shoot off into space it was gone oh man uh i ended up several several years later me and my mom were talking about it and i ended up uh doing a, a Google search on it, um, cause we knew about the time it was, we knew what month it was, uh, and we ended up finding a couple reports about it online, uh, that it had been reported to different, you know, yeah. police departments, agencies, um, that, that was, that was a weird one, but that's really all I can remember in between that house. And then really when I'm getting into like, uh, my later teens and twenties, Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs>
0: now, now, when you say it was on fire, was it just the color of fire, or did it look like there was flames around it? No, there was flames around it.
1: It was on fire. Um, no,
0: I've experienced something like that as well, and and it's something that occurred. and And the show isn't about me, but I'd like to share this with you because yeah. it's a it's a, a synchronicity. Um, I was, oh man, I was, that word!
1: Oh my gosh, that that's that's a synchronicity right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I was driving around late one night with a friend of mine. We, you know, I was I was kind of a uh, night owl back as when I was a teenager. Whenever I could be, I'd stay up as late as possible. And in this case, uh, my my buddy and I were just driving around the town that I grew up in, and it was about th- you know two thirty or three in the morning, and we were driving in this residential area and. We're just—we're just, we're the only car on the road. This is a small town, so like every like the town was asleep. Uh, we're, we're like it, but up in the sky, about I would say no more than a hundred feet or hundred fifty feet, uh-huh. was a flaming ball, and it was flaming, and and it wasn't shooting by quickly. It was just kind of lazily crossing the sky uh, above us, and and it and it didn't seem to be in any hurry. It didn't seem to. Uh, have necessarily even a destination? It was just kind of lazily passing by overhead, and I was like, "Oh my God, what's that?" And he's like, "I don't know." And instantly, I wanted to follow it. I was like, "You know what? Let's follow it." And he's like, "No, no, 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 no. Let's not." And so, well, that's why we got off the freeway was to follow this thing. We wanted to know what it was, <laughs> and and for the life of me, all these years, I've I've always wondered. What was that? I don't know what it was. If it was some kind of spiritual manifestation, if it was a, a physical thing, I don't know. But it was as real as, you know, seeing a, bo- you know, a, a campfire in front of me except floating up mm. in the sky. Just very,
1: very strange. You know what I, I just remembered while you're telling that story is um, we all saw it relatively at the same time. And we saw it coming up from behind a mountain, that wasn't more than a mile away from where we were on the freeway, you know, as a crow flies, mm-hmm. and uh, we actually saw it coming up from behind this mountain and then getting into the sky and doing all its weird stuff. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a ball of fire. I call that my UFO incident because I, I, you know, I don't know what else it was. You know? Yeah,
0: well, that makes perfect sense to me, and I guess it could be. It's just such an unusual uh, description. For, you know, most UFOs are saucer, cigar, you know, triangles. Mm-hmm. There are orb UFOs, of course, as well. But I've, I've rarely, rarely, rarely ever heard them described as being bowls of fire. And so that's yeah. that's why I've, I was just like, when you said that, I was like, oh, my God, you saw that too. Or at least something <laughs> similar. And that's
1: really cool. Yeah, man, those synchronicities. Um, that's a crazy one, man. You know, I, I never even heard that word until like maybe – two months ago i watched that uh show hellier oh yeah yeah, yeah. and yep. it was all synchronicity this and, this and i was watching it and as i'm watching it and understanding the concept of synchronicity i was having synchronicities with the show <laughs> i was doing things while i was watching the show which they were telling a story and uh, exactly what they were telling just saying in the story was exactly what i was doing at that moment oh bizarre wow and then just like you know through these rabbit holes of uh, bigfoot and pilates and and (laughs) and this show there's just been so many um things and i'm just like this this is this is just too crazy all these things are too connected
0: (laughs) it's a guided tour man i'm telling you once you get down the rabbit hole you're in for the journey.
1: You know what was really cool about that documentary that I I started doing some research into? They're they're talking about uh, Ingrid Cole, is that his name? Yeah,
0: Ingrid, I-N-D-R-I-D, I I think is the name.
1: Ingrid Cole, yep. um, The philosophy or the theory that all these things are connected. Yes. That they are all somehow connected, whether they're the same thing, whether they're from the same dimension, whether... You know, whatever it is, they're all connected. And uh, and that's kind of where I'm, like, leaning to with all this stuff, uh, especially recently.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just yeah. – Yeah. Greg and Dan- Greg Generational and Dan- hauntings. I'm pretty sure that's a real thing, too, because if you hear some of the yeah. stories my, my parents tell uh, – Yeah. Here, I'll give you a story. This is one of my dad's stories, and this is a well-known story in my family, too. He was – he he's from Mexico. He grew up in Mexico. Mm-hmm and, uh, they grew up dirt poor. Um, their stove in their house was just a, a, barbecue pit. you got, put your coals in there and you cooked and they ate a lot of beans. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things that happens when you're cooking beans is the water tends to boil over. Oh, okay. So you have to pay attention to them so that the, especially if you're using a, a coal stove so that the water doesn't put out the, the coals and then you're not cooking anymore. Right. Um, well, he was outside playing, and his, uh, my grandma, she told him to come in the house, watch watch the stove, make sure nothing happens, and keep it on, on uh, his sister, my aunt, because she was going to go down to the market. Mm-hmm. So he came in from outside, and he said he was walking towards the kitchen, and the kitchen was uh, around – from the living room, it was around a corner. So you couldn't see into the kitchen where the stove was, and something told him to stop wow. before he got there. And he could hear the sound of the water boiling over and he said it just didn't sound right. And so he looked around the corner and he saw a man there in like a business suit pulling the coals out of the fire and rubbing the coals together in his hands. Oh, my God. And so – he, he brought his head back around the corner to, like, you know, blink his eyes, do, like, no, I didn't see that. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And he said he looked back because he could still hear it, mm-hmm. poked his head around the corner, and this guy had transformed from this normal-looking business guy playing <laughs> with coals <laughs> to a, uh, for lack of a better word, a demon. He said it had this, like, really... Uh, it had completely transformed. It was naked and it was – had like uh, not scaly skin but really rough skin uh-huh. and like spots all over it. Oh, my god. And he said that this time it was – had been taken – took the coals and was rubbing the coals on his body. And that was enough for my dad. He said he turned around. He grabbed his sister, my aunt, and ran outside and, and – or well, my grandma got back. He, I don't know where the story goes from there, but I mean, wow, that's and and my dad likes to tell some stories, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there was nothing in my dad's face when he told me that story mm-hmm. that made me even question it, that sure. he didn't see that. And then my grandma ended up telling me that story years, years later. That is so intense. this, these things kind of just you know, they kind of flow in the family. <laughs> <laughs> Well,
0: I will say there is something to bloodlines. There is something to, you know, some certain families having, you know, experiences down the line. I agree with you that 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 is a real
1: thing. It really is. Yeah, absolutely. I I believe that 100 percent. So. So, OK, we saw the UFO. We moved to this new place and nothing was happening there. And um, I had gotten uh really into music i'm you know I love music it's mm-hmm. it's what saved me through a lot of what I went through it's how I kept a lot of my sanity sure um uh, but I had gone into this one particular band, and um their whole gimmick was uh darkness and wickedry and mm-hmm. stuff like that and they put this one album out, and in the album, it had directions to do a Summoning seance. Ooh. And it was a really simple. Se- it was really just looking into a, a reflection, uh, a, like a seer stone. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it had you do was go into a dark room, have a mirror, and um, invite anything in. Oof. And uh, I was real young and real dumb, and I did that. <laughs> oh, no. And no. nothing happened. Immediately. Mm -hmm. But the overall presence of that house, the feeling in that house, just got dark. It got real dark. And then we would – it was just me and my mom at this point, and we would hear – our doors opening or we would close the door and we would go back and it would be open to one of our bedrooms. Wow. I would, you know, be in my, my room playing video games and I knew I was home alone and I could hear people in the, in the living room. Jeez. Uh, so I did that. That was <laughs> pretty dumb.
0: Yeah. That's, um, that's one of those things that if you don't know how to close the door, you shouldn't open it, but you,
1: you know, know, being young know. and impressionable. Sure. I, I tell people you just stay away from weed, you just stay away from all that stuff. You don't understand it. You haven't really done the research into it. You saw a YouTube challenge and now you're going <laughs> to play with things you know nothing about. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, no so, doubt. But I think that that one incident right there is what led to a whole barrage of really negative things happening to me later on in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll fast forward to like my early mid twenties, and um, like it just always felt like I was cursed. If I started out to do something, like I got a plan, this is what I'm going to do to get ahead, or this is how I'm going to make this happen. It, everything just felt cursed. Mm. And I remember moving into my first uh, studio apartment and um, going through, you know what most people would just describe as oh you're just growing up and you're just learning how to make your way mm-hmm. um, it was more than that because sure. i'm going through that now like trying to you know okay let's make this move so this works out and and it's starting to work out now because i'm i'm older and i think i've closed some of these portals and now it feels like the normal kind of growing pains right back then it, it they felt like like something was hindering me from getting to where I needed to be. And in the process of this, we're, we're living in this uh, really, really cool studio about a half a block away from the beach. Um, I'm like 17, 18 years old. It's mm-hmm. me and my girlfriend, you know, smoking a lot of pot, partying a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was a cook. I was uh, learning how to become a chef at that time. And so my schedule was, you know, I worked from three till about 11 o'clock and then I slept all day. Well, she worked a normal job and she had to be to work at, I don't know, like eight o'clock or something like that. And we only had one car, so I would take her to, I'd get up, take her to work, come home and, and lay back down and go to sleep. Now, I don't know exactly when it started happening. I just know about how long it lasted. Um. It's when I first started dealing with sleep paralysis. Oh, man. And um, at this time, it was so weird because I did so many things over the years to, uh, I guess, kind of like trick myself into thinking if I lay this specific way or if I sleep on the sofa or if I listen to this song, Mm -hmm. it won't happen tonight. Right. And so... When this started happening, it was really weird because it's never happened like this since then. But for a month, every time I would come back, drop my girlfriend off, come back, go to sleep, I would lay on my my stomach, mm-hmm. and I would completely. I would. I mean, you know, sleep paralysis. Oh, sure. You're not asleep. You're one hundred percent awake. Yeah. You're aware of everything that's happening. And I would just stare from where our bed was. You can see the bathroom and I would just stare at the bathroom and I knew that there was something there. I never saw it, but I knew that there was something there and, you know, couldn't move. And it was just, it it seemed like it lasted hours where I was just trying to wiggle a finger or wiggle my toe just to, you know, just to kind of prove to myself that I was still in control over my body. Um, and then you know I'd wiggle the toe and I'd wake up and then I go about my day, think nothing of it, um, and that went on for probably about a month. And then since then, probably goes away for about four or five months, and then it'll re- come back for a month, and then it'll go away for a couple months, and yeah. it'll come back. It's been about four years since the last time it happened to me. Oh, uh, thank God! Huh? Yeah, I, I I have a theory behind that too. Oh, um, please, I was not very was always kind of spiritual mm-hmm. in the sense that uh, you know, I mean I was I was a major pothead, I smoked a lot of pot I thought <laughs> Ganja <laughs> was going to save the world, you sure. know, and that's how we connected and right. the Rastafarians they used it as a sacrament, that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had a, a lot of kind of like new age um, spirituality going on and I remember one night. I've always had, you know, Jesus or you know that kind of ideology in the back of my head mm-hmm. from when I was a kid. And I remember one night when this was happening, I uh, I asked, I was like Jesus, help me, just help me." Right. And uh, just like that, it was gone. Nice. Just like that, it was gone. Mm-hmm. And and since then, I've all, I've just been a firm believer in in the Bible and in Jesus, and um, mm-hmm. use that. Every time I'm feeling anything that I'm not comfortable with. And every time I do, whatever it is, whatever's manifesting, whatever is lurking, it goes away. And that uh, sense, a feeling of calm and control comes back to me. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. That's, that's been the biggest blessing is that, you know, I kind of discovered Jesus yeah. <laughs> He's kind of been there forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like this whole, like from that time that sleep paralysis started happening to probably like 25 is really kind of a blur in my head. Cause I started parting, man. I was, I was doing everything out there. Uh-huh. Um, but now uh, sober, uh, reflecting back on that whole time, I feel like the addiction that I slipped into was all part of this attachment, I'll call it, that was on me Mm -hmm. because, uh, it wasn't really bad, but it was bad enough that I decided that I was going to move to a new town to get a new start.
0: Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. all right everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast
1: buckle up we're going in and i moved to la and um i got an apartment in uh over in 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 the san fernando valley in in encino and i was by myself and it was the first time i was like really alone i had no girlfriend at this time i had my family was kind of like, yeah, you're still partying a little too hard for us. <laughs> and uh, it was probably the lowest point of my life. Aww. And it was the most uh, active that these things had ever gotten. Um, the uh, sleep paralysis started getting way more intense. Uh, I started... Before I would even go to sleep, I was able to lay in bed and look over to just an area in the bedroom or know that in the living room exactly where this entity was standing. Wow. Okay, And know that it was going to come get me that night. And so I started feeling that. And then I started feeling like physical, uh, started feeling it getting physical with me. And then that quickly led into me actually seeing the shadow on the wall. And then that turned into the shadow coming off of the wall and walking towards me. And then that turned into, and it was so crazy because like maybe four or five years ago, I mm-hmm. started, I had a buddy that, um, uh, after I had gone sober, I, I started like pulling my life together and I started a business and I w- had employed a friend of mine and we were, um, driving home from the job site one day and he asked me if I had ever experienced it. And, um, at the risk of sounding like a nut bag, I said, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and so he started describing it to me. And so that was the first time I'd ever heard of anybody else going through that. Oh. Uh, I wouldn't even tell my family that I just, I felt so isolated yeah. that, that was just, I thought I was going crazy. Mm-hmm. I really thought I was like, I needed to check into an institution or something because what's going on is nothing that I've ever experienced before. And now I'm seeing things. And so I uh, he he turned me on to this documentary on YouTube. I think it was called The Entity. Oh, okay. And uh, And they started talking about, you know, interviewing people all over the world, dealing with this and people talking about what they saw. And I had seen the hat man. I Mm -hmm. had been smothered by the old hag. I had seen everything that all these people were talking about. And that scared the crap out of me when I watched this. Because again, it's like that confirmation, everything Mm -hmm. that I'm, I'm going through is real. It's not in my head. Like these are real things that I have to deal with now. And how do I deal with them? Mm -hmm. So uh, like I said, I'm, I'm seeing these, these, these these things come out and then it took a really weird turn one night where I was going through the sleep paralysis and it was a, a hat man who was just standing at the edge of my bed and I came out of the sleep paralysis and he was still there oh geez <laughs> and I didn't I, I didn't know what to do other mm-hmm. than get up out of my bed and when I got up he walked out of my bedroom and I followed him through my hallway into the kitchen and I I don't know what happened next. I just know that I woke up in the kitchen the next day. Oh man. Um, and then that scenario would probably happen a dozen more times. Uh, until I, uh, I got sick of, cause I remember at this time, I think all this is in my head, you know? Sure. Right. I think all this is uh, a result of, of drinking too much or whatever else I was doing in my life at that time and uh, I decide that I need to change my life and so I I went to uh, I joined a fellowship of people who are like-minded and uh, suffered from you know the same kind of thing not paranormally but what I was doing in my life and mm-hmm. they kind of showed me a new way of of spirituality that was a lot more positive than um, not that what I was doing was unpositive but right. it was a lot more positive than what I was doing right um, And these things kind of started going away. That's really and cool. I remember it was probably a good year that I hadn't had sleep I mean it, the sleep process would get so bad I wouldn't go to sleep. I would just stay up until like 20 minutes before I had to go to work in the morning, mm-hmm. sleep for five minutes, or I would get in my car and I would go park in front of my boss's house because that's where I picked up my work truck. I would sleep in front of his house all night. Cause I was just so scared to be asleep in my house. Yeah. Um, and then I realized probably like a year after I got sober, like, Hey, this stuff isn't happening anymore. Oh yeah. That was definitely because of my, you know, my drinking mm-hmm. and, uh, and, no sooner than a day or two after I said that, I got the old hag in my room again. Oh, jeez! <laughs> and she was. And, uh, and it's the first time it happened when I wasn't by myself in bed. I was dating this this girl at that time. And she was the one who woke me up out of it. Well, she tried to. She was shaking me, and I couldn't come out of it. I, I was just so glad she heard me. I kind of learned how to scream, mm-hmm. how to make that, oh! noise yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're going through it and that woke her up and, and she tried to wake me up um but then it just started happening all the time again it was non-stop and one time i scared the hell out of her because i did that thing where i said it's standing right there and as soon as we turn off the lights it's gonna move right there to my side of the bed and uh she just like she kind of believed in this stuff not mm-hmm. really but she knew I was serious. She knew that I meant it with every every fiber of my being. That there was something there. Right. Um, and then I I was really into like meditation. Like uh, uh, what's it called? You just clear your. Mind. I forgot what the type of meditation is called. It just slipped out of my head. But I was really into meditation. Into kind of like Eastern philosophies and mm-hmm. and. Uh, I don't even know how I, I got onto, like, this idea of me clearing my mind like that. Okay. Now, now, okay, so let me just say this. The way I meditate now is I don't clear my mind. I actively focus my mind on Jesus or God and mm-hmm. what God's will for me is. Uh, at that time, I just cleared my mind. Oh, and okay. I think that I was opening my mind – up to be my soul up to be uh attacked because i had no spiritual guard up right so you were
0: becoming a channel inadvertently exactly i was becoming
1: a channel Mm -hmm. and uh i did that for a couple years and the sleep paralysis went on and you know all all these weird things and so um Wonderful thing happened. I met my wife. We had our first kid. We moved in together. And I had, um, in that process, somehow I, I got away from this kind of new age uh, practice, and I started going more to like a Christian um, spirituality philosophy of how I want to live my life. And it had a lot to do with my kid. I wanted to raise him with a lot of those values because I was raised with a lot of great values that came out of the Bible. And, mm-hmm. um, and so... Everything kind of just settled down. And then we moved into this new house uh, that we've since moved out of. And I didn't see anything. And my wife didn't. Oh, no, that's not true. She did see something in the garage. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. She said she was in the garage and she was doing laundry. And uh, the way our house was, it was a four story house. It was horrible. Wow. Yeah, you parked in the back, in the driveway in the back, and then you came into the house, and you had to go up one flight of stairs, and then – then you had to go up another flight of – that was like living room, dining room, area. Then You had to go up another flight of stairs to get to our our bedrooms, and then our garage was down the first flight of stairs. So she was all the way down in the garage, and she said she was doing laundry, and she turned around, and she saw – this is so weird. Like – it's like this, like has never heard anything like this before. It's just so out of place. Like a time traveler or something. Okay. Uh, she turns around and she sees this guy in like one of those big scuba diving suits, like for deep sea scuba diving. Like the old kind. Yeah. Like okay. the old kind, like yeah. 20,000 leaves under the sea type stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and she, she turns back around cause she's like, that's not there. And she turns back around again and it's gone. <laughs> But she is 100% positive that she saw that thing standing there. That's amazing. Um, We heard a lot of – there was like a lot of footsteps in that house and a lot of doors opening and closing. I remember I was speaking at this uh, engagement that I had one night and I got a call like right as I finished speaking. And she was like, where are you? I was like, well, I'm just about to leave this this thing. She's like, you're not home? I said, no, I'm still over here. I'm on the other side of town. She said, "There's somebody in the house." Oh, geez. Um So we're a very uh, Second Amendment kind of family. Oh, <laughs> so I told her, "As I yeah. like, get in the safe, get out of Kai and hide yourselves in the room. I'm on my way. Call the cops if you need to." Mm-hmm. And so I get there, and she's she's in the room, and she's you know she's ready to go. I had to call up the stairs. Hey, it's me. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't shoot me. Right. And uh, and so I get up there, and she says, "I've been hearing it this entire time." Mm-hmm. And so I went and searched the whole house and the garage door, uh, we never go in through the garage and we locked, we always locked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was unlocked open and nobody was in the house. Oh my God. Nobody was in the house. So we moved into this house. My mom had retired from her, uh, she had a really good job with, uh, with the county up north and, uh. We had our first son, and she decided that she wanted to be around him all the time. So we got a house that had a, a spare bedroom, and she moved in with us. She still lives with us. She's in the oh, living nice. room right now, actually. <laughs> oh, wonderful. And, uh, oh, man, you should interview her. Oh, I'd love to. Her you. stories are just beyond. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, and she was gone. She was out of town when that happened. Um, but she is just like... She's sensitive, you know, she Mm -hmm. just knows she's been dealing with her whole life and she just knows. And one day my son is talking to her and he's just really learning how to talk.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But he starts telling her, he starts having trouble sleeping where he was sleeping perfectly fine, uh, all through the night. And we were like, Oh dude, we're so lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he started waking up screaming, just screaming. And I'd run upstairs, I'd get him, and when I was holding him, this is before he could speak, actually. Okay. He would just stare at one wall in his room. Uh. Like, it didn't matter where we turned, like, if I turned him around, his head would swivel right back to that wall. Like, he was looking at something. Right. Um, and, you know, other people will say, he's a kid, you know, it doesn't matter. No, I don't, I don't play that stuff. I, yeah. I know better absolutely you know that kid that kid is more in tune to what's going on around us than we are because his eyes are just they <laughs> haven't been jaded like ours right Yep. so i knew something was going on and one day he's talking to my mom and she they're down in her room and he starts talking about a yellow haired woman oh it's in his room and so immediately i went and bought some sage uh-huh. went up there we did a prayer in the room we blessed the room and um and then we had our second kid and now my son he won't even sleep in that room he hates that room he doesn't want to go play in it so we we ended up we actually had an extra room so we went to that room and we set him up in there um and then it got to the point where he just couldn't sleep by himself because he was so scared and uh for the activity in that house wasn't really bad. It really wasn't that bad. It Mm -hmm. was scary because we didn't know what was going on with him. My wife is still kind of a little, um, she still didn't want to like give in fully that there was something going on. Mm And, uh, and for a couple other reasons, we ended up moving out of that house and we moved into this house that we're in currently. And, um, her her mother my mother-in-law she had to go on hospice care and she came to live with us and uh she's she's passed it's been a couple months now i'm sorry um thank you uh but it's just been weird here yeah it's been so weird before before she passed i i i'm a a night oh i'm an insomniac i stay up until two o'clock in the morning, three in the morning, even though I got to be up at six. Oh, wow. um, I just can't sleep. I've okay. been that way my whole life. So I stay up and, you know, I go down rabbit holes on YouTube <laughs> and whatnot. Sure. And I started noticing that when I was watching TV, you know, we got our TV hanging on the wall and I would see shadows to the right of it. Oof. And it'd be real quick, you know, right out of the corner of your eye. Mm-hmm. And then it's, And, uh, and we would like the kids toys would start doing things. One time, one time we were, it was me, my wife, my mom, and we were all standing in the living room and it was right after my, uh, my daughter's birthday Okay, and she had got this, uh, piano that sits on the floor and you play it with your feet, kind of like the movie big. Oh, sure. (laughs) And, and, uh, My mom had said something about she heard that if one of us had stepped on it uh, a night or two uh, prior. Like, no. And uh, she was like, oh, I I heard it go off. That's really weird. And as we were having this conversation, the piano starts playing by itself. (laughs) Oh, no. Wow. None of us are next to it. Uh Our dogs are on the other side of the house. Our kids are over in the other room playing. And this thing plays like two or three notes. And by this time, like, we're, we're just so used to this stuff. We kind of yeah. just laughed about it. Sure. <laughs> you know, it's like, huh, yeah. there you go. Something's there. And it's, so. It, it sounds to uh, me
0: like you guys are, are probably on both sides, probably have a quite a bit of sensitivity and, uh, you know, some either uh, latent psychic ability or you're very actively psychic, one of the two. But um, generally, you know, people that resonate like that tend to be beacons for, you know, spirits that are around. So I I I, I would almost wager that that's what's going on in, in in your line and probably in your wife's line too.
1: Yeah, I've done some research on that too and uh I I don't like to say that uh sure. <laughs> about myself cuz it sounds like oh, it look, yeah, I'm Self, so special. Yeah, it uh, sounds self-aggrandizing. I, I I don't want to. <laughs> I yeah. don't want it. If it would just if that uh beacon power would just go away, I would be perfectly fine with that <laughs> yeah just be, just be gone um yeah no i mean i, I think definitely i know my mom 100 percent is sensitive to this stuff mm-hmm. i know that i have a disposition towards it i don't think i'm nearly as sensitive as my mom is my mom she just knows when something's there sure and sure. and she's just at the point where she just says she's like there's something here right now right. and i'm like and then after, you know, like 10, 15 minutes of me kind of observing, I'm like, you're right. There is something here.
0: Well, there's, you know, the, the, I think females generally, and this isn't a sexist statement, but I think they are just generally more um, geared towards emotional energy. And so I think they do. You know, there's a, the old saying, women's sense. intuition, you know, and, and yeah. there's, there's truth to that, that women generally pick up things before men do. And I wouldn't say exclusively, but just generally.
1: Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that mm-hmm. because uh, the next thing that happened was uh, directed towards my wife. And it was uh, it's probably one of the more extreme things she's ever seen. Okay. So I've been seeing these shadow people. Um, and it's gone beyond just me seeing them out of the corner of my eye. Like I'll actually see them on the wall in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And then they'll run away. Like not disappear, but they run away and disappear into another shadow like a real shadow of the house okay and uh i've been seeing these things we've been here um been here a year this month and i started seeing out of the corner of my eye shadows probably four months in and um and up until about a week or two ago
0: Mm
1: -hmm. i'd been seeing the full-on shadows wow okay um well my wife has noticed it and she's like we're like, okay, well, how how we, how do we bless our house? And I think it was your show, actually, that I was listening to that taught me about olive oil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, on the threshold. Yeah, it yep. was definitely you. And yep. so I, I did that. I blessed the whole house with olive oil, all the doors and all the windows and mm-hmm. the attic, everything. Yeah. Um, because we were hearing stuff up in the attic. We were hearing footsteps in the attic. And we don't have an attic that you can add. It's just, it's just a crawl space for our, our HVAC system. Okay. So there's no room for anything to crawl around up there. And there's no way for an animal to get in there. Mm-hmm. So, blessed everything. Um, so, uh, her her mom passes away. And she she's just starting to kind of accept the things that I say about the paranormal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she still hadn't fully accepted that uh, my theory of there's no ghost. That's a spirit that's taking advantage of your time of distress. Mm-hmm. And she's in the bedroom, uh, and she's, she's laying down to go to sleep, and she calls me, and I come over. Hey, what's going on? She said, I just saw Shadow walk across the room. Oh, jeez. And I said, you saw Shadow walk across the room? And I, I hinted, like, at which wall? She said, no, 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 no. It walked across the room. Oh. It was a black mass. Yeah, I've... humanoid thing that walked across the room wow (laughs) and (laughs) and that was kind of the last straw because our kids were in the room sure and um and i I wasn't gonna play that game with it so immediately i was like we both need to pray right now we need to bless this room right now and then it was a couple days later i heard about the olive oil we blessed the house and you could still feel it Mm -hmm. you could still feel it sure here but they are not um, making themselves visibly known.
0: Sure. Another thing you can do as well is, uh, is uh, go go online, maybe to Amazon or wherever, and find frankincense. It's one of the you know oldest. Uh, uh, oldest spiritual tools out there. And, you know, I mean, it's mentioned in the Bible, obviously, as one of the gifts yeah. of the Magi, but it's really good for pushing negative energy out. So, you know, if you if you burn that, uh, you get these little discs, these charcoal discs, you light them and you put the the frankincense, uh, it's like, they almost look like little pebbles, but they melt down and, and it's really just a hard resin and it's just a great smell. So it's not like really caustic or anything like that, but uh, it, it does do a wonders in cleansing and getting rid of negative energy so you might want to look into that too just to be sure
1: yeah definitely yeah definitely you know what's so so strange about telling you all these stories is it's so normalized to me yeah like this kind of activity that it feels like i'm reading you a sci-fi book (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, as, you know, as, as you mentioned, I mean, this has been your journey since a very young age, so I mean, for you it is it is like Monday or Tuesday or you know whatever. Most people call that terrifying, but Lewis calls that Thursday. <laughs> so
1: that's good. That's good. I like that.
0: Well, you know what? We're, we're going to have to get you back on, brother, because obviously uh, you still have more to share, and I would love to hear all of it. Uh, unfortunately, we're running out of time for this episode. But will you come back on and, and record another one
1: with me? Yeah, absolutely, man. Okay, absolutely. Well, this was actually like very. Uh, therapeutic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I know the listeners are going to love it too. And, uh, you know, you, you're, you're great at relaying the information. Uh, you're very, very good delivery and, uh, and it's some incredible experiences. So I don't want to miss a thing. So you're definitely going to come back on if you're agreeable to that and we'll get you back on and, and record another episode when you got some time. So get in touch with me and let me know when that could happen. But thank you so much for being on the show today, brother.
1: Well, oh, thank you for having me, man. Like I said, it, it was very it was very therapeutic and <laughs> it was nice to uh, just get this. You know, I just, I, I'd hate for some, really anybody, but some 13, 14-year-old who thinks that they're crazy and no one's listening to them, think that they're going through this by themselves because for a long time, I felt very alone. I felt very isolated yes. by this. And yeah. That's what some of these darker energies want to do. They want to isolate you and they want to take all your energy and that's what it did for a long time
0: yeah amen brother but and i think together we can you know we're obviously throughout the show reaching out to those people but uh i hope that more people will step forward and and you know share their stories too because i think we all learn from that as a as a community and i'm just honored you chose our show
1: oh man you know you know who actually really inspired me to reach out to you uh was there's this channel on youtube uh if you don't know what the guy's name is the channel is how to hunt Oh yeah. He does these Bigfoot stories. Steve Install, yeah. Yep. And that that kind of was like, you know what? It's not just Bigfoot. And right. if if that theory is right, all these things are connected, then
0: you it's know. everything.
1: Amen, <laughs> so brother. You gotta stick together and we gotta we gotta, you know, if not, nothing else, just believe yeah. each other. Yeah, and support each other.
0: You're right. But thank you again, Lewis. I really appreciate it, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Paranormal Portal Radio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at Paranormal Portal, P-O-R-T-L, and uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. we got hundreds of shows in our, uh, our our vault of <laughs> journeys into the Paranormal Portal. So I hope you'll check it, out, check it out, guys. We're over there at youtube.com slash paranormal portal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So uh, stay tuned. But we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day. And remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody.
1: gamble with other podcasts let sports garden network's wagering week help your bottom line